Turn please to Psalm 115 this evening and let's continue on and uh, finish up with our week of increase. I believe our time together has been profitable. I believe we'll have a lot of fruit out of uh, this week. We've been talking about increase. Let's start reading in verse 12, Psalm 115, 12. In fact, let's just stop and pray just a minute before we read this. Father God, thank you for all you've done for us. Give everybody eyes that see, ears that hear, hearts open and receptive. Let there come revelation of truth that makes free answers to questions. Help a supply of the Spirit in Jesus' name. And we purpose not to be hearers only, but to be doers. Thank you. Amen. Psalm 115, verse 12, says, The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. You're blessed of the Lord, which made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. Verse 14, say it out loud with me. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Does this belong to you? Is this God talking to you? Then read it that way. Say me. The Lord shall increase me more and more, me and my children. Say it again. The Lord shall increase me more and more, me and my children. You believe that? Then it makes you happy. It gives you an expectation. Amen. If If you're in faith... About the future, you're excited about what's coming up. You're not dreading tomorrow. You're looking forward tomorrow. Can't hardly hardly wait to wake up in the morning to see what good thing the Lord is going to do for you today. Amen. That's faith. When you don't feel like that, then you're not in faith. But the Lord has been and is increasing us. Now we began on Sunday night talking about laws of increase, principles of prosperity, you could call it, either way. But a law is something that works the same way all the time for everybody. And when the Lord says, you do this and this will happen, how many understand that's a law? You can count on it. It works, I don't care what color you are, what age you are, what background you are, what denomination you came out of, makes no difference. If you do what he said, then he will do what he said. And we shared about how that Phyllis and I, even after being in the ministry for a few years, just struggled financially. I mean, just, you know, barely got by year after year and then got behind Got behind on bills and got behind on taxes and just, you know, felt like sometimes you're treading water and sometimes just half a nostril above water, just a little bit more. 
And you're going down, you're going under. Don't look like you'd come back up. And I mean, I got tired of that because I kept reading the Bible. I kept seeing uh, that God made Abraham rich. He made Job rich. He made David rich. He made Solomon rich. I mean, and the, the word that kept telling you do this and you'll be blessed. You'll prosper. You'll increase. And I wasn't seeing it. And so in, it got to the point where I was just tired of being broke all the time. And I remember one day falling across the bed and just crying out to the Lord. I said, Lord, this is not your fault. I know that you, you haven't done this to me and you're not keeping me in this shape. But for some reason, I haven't been hooking up. We have, we're not seeing what I read about in the word. Have mercy on us. Please help us. Get us out of this. Lead us out of this. Show me what I don't know. Show me what I'm not doing. Show me what I'm doing wrong. Show me what I need to start or change. If you can hook me up with people that can help me or materials that can help me, I'm asking you. Now, I mean, I had graduated Bible school. I was in the ministry. I mean, I knew a few scriptures. But I understand you can know a lot of stuff and still be hurting all over. For one thing, it's not the hearers. It's the doers, people that do. And, and I believed the Lord heard my prayer. And I expected to get direction and help. And I didn't see it all that afternoon or by the end of the week. But I'm telling you, the Lord is faithful. And he heard my cry. And he heard my heart and prayer. And he began to teach me and bring us out. And it seemed like for the next five years, virtually every day, he was talking to me. I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but inside me, dealing with me, showing me things about increase and about prosperity, what I wasn't doing, what I needed to do. And I'm telling you, as we begin to implement it, he began to bring us out. It didn't happen overnight, but paid off this debt and paid off that debt and got out of this and began to give. I said begin to really give. Amen. Begin to tithe like you're supposed to. And give like you're supposed to. And the Lord has blessed us and blessed us and blessed us. Amen. Amen. Until like we're saying what used to look real big don't look so big anymore. How many know the Lord is no respecter of persons? What he's done for one, he will do for another. Right? Well. We begin on the first night talking about the first thing the Lord dealt with us about. Number one, law of increase, law principle of prosperity. Number one, you must put God first. A lot of folks say it and don't do it. A lot of people talk about it but don't really do it. The Bible said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things would be added to you. We talked about tithing, how that the tenth belongs to the Lord. Tithing is not sowing. Tithing is returning God's money. Amen. Amen. To him. And there's a question that you need to answer. You need to get it settled once and for all. Don't take my word for it. Any other preacher's word for it. Anybody's book or tape. You sit down with your Bible. You get in there and don't you, don't you stop till you settle this question. Does the tenth part of the increase belong to the Lord or not? Yes. Is it his or is it yours to do with what you want? 
I'm not going to teach on it tonight. I have already taught on it this week if you want to hear that. But don't take my word for it anyway. You get that question answered. Don't just bump along in your life, the rest of your life, go, well, we're not sure. And I'm, some say that's passed away. No, you get in your Bible and get with God and you answer that question. Yes. Amen. 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 Is it his or is it yours? How many believe that, that God has money? In the earth. Does he have some money that belongs to him? I mean like this offering tonight. This is God's money. Right? It's not Keith's money. How many think I ought to be real clear. On what is God's money. And what is my money in the church here. Hmm? Can I just take the offering tonight. And go well you know. Whoo boy look here. Here's some money. I believe I'll go buy me something. Huh? I mean, I, I can tell some of you feel pretty strong about that. You think, you better not. <laughs> well, how about you? That's right. I said, how about you? Right. See, people like to, they like to feel strong about preachers and ministers, but how about you? Is it okay for you to take God's money and do, it's exactly the same thing. Amen. I made the decision years ago. I know what's God's and I know what's mine. I don't touch what's God's. Amen. Amen. What's his is his. Amen. Amen. I know this offering tonight is his. I got, I never even crossed my mind that I might do something with that. And you need to get that way about the tithe. I said, you need to get that way about the tithe. It's his. But study in the scripture till you get that settled. Number two law of prosperity is sowing and being a liberal soul. Bible said the liberal soul will be made fat. You got to overcome stinginess. Number three, anybody remember what that was? You have to overcome foolishness and dumbness. (laughs) Fleshiness. You, You got to be led by the Spirit of God. There's a connection, the scripture says, between wisdom and being rich. No, no coincidence that the wisest man in the Bible was the richest man in the Bible. And uh, like we said, you could start tithing and giving and the Lord bless you and have more money come in than you've ever had come in and still not prosper. That's right. Through making mistakes and bad investments. and every, I mean, you can have a bunch of money today and blow it for the next couple of weeks and be broker than you ever were. Right? So we need to be learned to be led by the Spirit of God. We need to learn to tap into the wisdom of God. And we need to be good stewards. Now, now, when you say the word steward, I almost cringe. Because a lot of folk use that as an excuse for stinginess. Well, we got to be a good steward. You know, you can't buy that, the best carpet for the church. Because we got to be a good steward. Well, where should you put the best carpet? <laughs> What are we saving this money for? (laughs) Did you hear me? No, 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 no. Don't get me started on that. (laughs) Then number four, law of increase. What what is that? We talked about that last night. The law of obedience and diligence. I mean, there must be a dozen scriptures in the book of Proverbs that talk about if you're diligent, you'll be rich. But if you're lazy, you'll be poor. 
Verse after verse. Well, how many know the Bible is just as true on one side as the other? If he said, if you lay around and sleep all the time and you don't attend to your business, that you will be broke, you will be in poverty. Can you count on the scripture? Yeah. Got to wake up. Got to get out of bed. Amen. Get with it. But again, here comes the wisdom of God. It doesn't make any difference how hard you're running if you're running the wrong way. Doesn't mean, right? I mean, you just got further to backtrack. It makes no difference how hard you're working if you're working on the wrong thing. Ecclesiastes says, wisdom is profitable to direct. Don't jump out. Don't start spending money. Don't start working and flailing your arms and spitting cotton until you know what you're supposed to do. Don't pass over that one. Wait. On God, seek the Lord, pray, check your heart. When you think you know, check it again, right? And be sure that this is what we're supposed to do. Be sure the wisdom of God, the direction of God, the plan of God. Then comes the diligence. It's more important to be led than to be diligent. It's more important to be led than to be thorough. Are you with me? I mean, you can just absolutely do something completely thoroughly and just work yourself silly and just be doing something you absolutely got no business doing. Being led by a need or an opportunity or what somebody thought you ought to do. No, once you've heard from the Lord, once you've got direction, now be obedient and do it with all your might. Amen. Do it diligently and this is a key to your prosperity the law of obedience if you be willing and obedient what the scriptures say you will eat the good of the land the best amen the top the cream now number five tonight and finally number five tonight in the laws of increase that the lord administered to me and i'm not saying this is all there is to it i'm telling you what we've learned and what I've seen work, and I've seen from the Word, and seen experience produce results. Number five is the law of faith. The law of faith. The laws of increase. Turn with me to that famous scripture in Mark chapter 11 tonight. Anybody have any scriptures marked? In Mark. Mark the 11th. Chapter. Say it out loud, the law of faith. I mean, you could take the negative side of this thing. You could say, if you don't put God first and honor God, you won't prosper. If you don't sow liberally, you won't prosper. If you don't walk in the wisdom of God, you won't prosper. If you don't obey God, you won't prosper. And if you don't operate in faith, And in the law of faith, you won't prosper. This is the other side of this. Now, don't think you know all there is to know about what we're talking about tonight. Just stay tuned, stay hooked, stay awake. Amen. Amen. Because there is some specific application of faith for sowing and reaping. Some things I didn't always see. One of the things the Lord had to correct me about. Showed me some responsibility that I had for some of these things. 
how to use faith. Like we talked earlier, you can know something about faith when it comes to praying or, or being saved or being protected or being healed. That doesn't mean you have faith to prosper. It's not automatic because you got faith in one area that you have a lot of faith in another area. The faith in every area has to be fed and exercised in that area for it to grow. In Mark 11, are you there? Y'all okay? You comfortable? You happy? Everybody good? Amen. Is the Holy Spirit here to teach you, to help you? Yes, He is. Mark 11 and verse 22. Jesus said, have faith in God. How many believe that's a good idea? Some people make fun of us because we talk so much about faith. But I'm reading what Jesus said here. He told you to. Have faith. Verse 23, for verily I say to you that whosoever shall say. Now just stop right there. What's the first thing he started talking about when he said have faith? Saying. That's the next thing he said is say. Keep reading. Every time it says something about saying or speaking, I want you to say it out loud with me. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Believing or not doubting is mentioned one time. How many times is say mentioned? Say, saith, saith. At least three there, right? Three times the emphasis on saying as on believing. Everybody say saying is important. It's vitally important. I mean, you, you can be a tither. You can be a sower, and if you don't get a hold of your mouth, you will talk your prosperity away. Did you know you can get out on your knees and pray a wonderful prayer, a great prayer, and get up 20 minutes later and completely ruin it with your mouth, undo it with your mouth? Let me give you an example. Just a few minutes ago, we laid hands on that cloth. And we prayed over that cloth, right? We asked the Lord to let anointing go into that cloth. And that when that cloth contacts the, the, the body of that young woman, that the anointing goes into that body and drives out the problems and heals. How many understand it's not okay for me to go home now after tonight and say, well, I wonder what's going to happen with that girl? Huh? Would it be okay for me to do that? Huh? Is it a deal? Does it matter? You better believe it matters. I mean, what about somebody coming down to the altar and giving their heart to the Lord and saying, I believe on Jesus. I believe that God raised him from the dead and I confess him as my Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm saved. Glory to God. And tomorrow morning, get up and not feel too hot and say, I don't know if I got saved or not. I'm just not. I don't know. You know, I don't think the Lord saved me. Does that make any difference? It makes the difference between being lost and saved. We're saved by grace through our faith. 
Amen. Faith is assurance of heart. Confidence. You know what you believe. You're sure about what you believe. Anybody in here believe you're saved? Amen. Are you wondering about it? No. Waiting, wavering about it? No, you need to know that you know. If he said, if you would confess him as Lord, you'd be saved. If he said he'd forgive you, if he said he'd cleanse you, then you got to believe that. Amen. And say, yes, Lord, and you did. Amen. And yes, Lord, and I am. Amen. 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 Well, the same thing here. I mean, uh, anytime I think about that cloth, I, if, I, if I'm going to be in faith, if I'm going to do them any good, I have to say, thank you, Lord, Amen. for hearing our prayer. If I never hear what happened with that, if I think of it 20 years from now, I've got to say, Lord, I know that you heard our prayer and I know you ministered to her and healing came in. Amen. 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 Well, when it comes to your finances, see, this doesn't just work by getting saved and just getting healed. This works in every area of our life. The just shall live by faith. Walk by every day, every area of our faith. And one of the primary areas are, are things, maybe I should say, to keep a close eye on, to keep yourself in the right place, is your mouth. Watch your mouth. Amen? Amen. Listen to what you're saying. Sometimes just sneak up behind yourself <laughs> and listen to what you're saying. And ask yourself the question, is that what I want in my life? And if it's not, quit saying it. I know from experience, most Christians don't believe what I'm talking about right now. If they did, they wouldn't talk like they talk. Most Christians think, well, you know, why make a big deal? You know, I'm just, I just say stuff. I don't really mean it. Then why do you say it? Is it true faith comes by hearing? Then when you're saying it, aren't you hearing it? Is that going to affect you? Friend, it is a spiritual law. You talk being sick and you will have faith in being sick. You talk about the problem, your aches, your pains, all the Latin names for it and the procedures and that's all you talk about all the time. You are hearing it, hearing it. You will have faith in the sickness to hurt you. To kill you. Oh, but what if you talked all day long? If you just saw the Lord, you are the Lord who heals me. You heal all my diseases. You make me strong with long life. You'll satisfy me and show me your... What if you talk that all day? Then you're here. Even if you weren't believing it very strong when you started, if you talk it morning, noon, and night, just talk it day after day after day. After a while, you start believing it. You start expecting it. Well, where your finances is concerned, it is a fact. You cannot let your mouth talk poverty. You cannot let your mouth talk lack. You'll be tempted to different times, different times of the day or the week. Maybe have some bills hit. Maybe look like this didn't go very good. Look like you lost money. Maybe you did lose money on this thing or that. Uh, this is... A, downturn in the economy for this particular area, you'll be tempted. You'll be around other people, maybe that are not even believers, or they are believers, but they don't understand these things, and they start talking, oh, I don't know what we're going to do. Man, I tell you, if this happens, I mean, the bottom's about fell out of this thing. We'll lose our shirts. What you say next can make you or break you. 
People think you're over-exaggerating when you talk about these things. I'm not the one that said life and death is in the power of the tongue. Jesus said, if you'll say it, and don't doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say comes to pass, Jesus said, you will have what you say. Then you are to get your mouth in gear, my brother. You are to get your mouth in gear, my sister. And you are to be saying, we're coming out of debt. Where's the money going to come from? You don't have to know that. But you need to open your mouth and say, we will have everything we need. We'll have too much to pay the bills. Amen. And you got to say that when it looks like there ain't no way. That's what faith is all about, right? If it looked that way and felt that way, you wouldn't have to talk faith. Amen. Quote that scripture we've been reading every night. The Lord is increasing me more and more. Me and all my... We're coming up from here. We're not going to stay here. We're coming up. Amen. Amen. Quote the scripture. I have given and it's going to be given back to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I always have all sufficiency in all things and abound to every good work. Now you've got to say that when you came up short the last three days. Let me, let me talk a little bit further about this. This works healing, prosperity, protection. works the same in every area. I was down in Central America some years ago. And uh, uh, there was a minister there, a lady, who had cancer of the stomach. And can, I forget what all. And it had been this way for a long time. And she was bedfast. They expected her to die. They, the doctor said they didn't know how she lived this long. They thought she would have been dead weeks ago. Skin and bone. And I was down there doing some meetings, and some of the people heard I was there, wanted to know if I'd come by. And so you can't always do everything people ask you to, but in this particular case, I felt like I ought to. So I, I went by, and this woman's a minister. She knows God. She preaches healing. But here she is, looks like death. I mean, I, 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 honestly, her condition, the way she looked, I would, from the natural, you wouldn't have been surprised if they called and said she died as soon as you walked out of the door. That's how she looked. But we don't just walk beside it, now do we? And I sat down by the bed with her and began to talk to her, and, and she could barely speak, just a, a whisper. And I had to lean my head down, uh, my ear to her, close to her head. So even here, she said, Brother Keith. I'm just so weak. He said, my, I have no appetite. And everything I eat, it just comes right back up. And I can't keep anything on my stomach. And I'm so weak and I'm just starving to death. And she was, she was skin and bone. Looked pitiful. I mean, just your natural emotions, you want to just cry. Or just leave. Get away. But how many believe God can do anything for those that believe. Now I know, you know, people don't like to think like this, but did you hear any problems just then? See, I worked in the healing ministry for many years. And so my, you know, I'm, I'm attuned to these kind of things, but for just what we've been talking about already, do you hear any problems with this? What is she saying? She's saying I can't, I have no appetite. I can't, and when I eat, it just comes right back up. And that is what is happening. But is this going to help her? 
Joel 3.10 said, let the weak say, what? Should you do that? Let the weak say, I am strong. Is that right? That when you feel weak, when you are weak, that you're supposed to say, I'm strong? Romans 4, did it say that we're to act like God, calling those things that be not as though they were? That's faith language. That's how faith talks. Amen? Amen. So I knelt back down beside. I said, Sister, I said, I know, you know, it's got to be tough. I don't know how bad it is. I've never been that bad. I said, but I know this. Nothing's impossible with God. I know this is not the will of God. It is not God's perfect will for you to die here in midlife from this stinking cancer. God did not send this cancer. Now, you know, some people, they they get quiet when you start talking about that. Uh, You didn't hear me stutter, did you? God did not send the cancer. Why is it there then, Brother Keith? It's there because of man's sin and the curse in the earth and the work of the devil, none of which please God. Right? The reason all the rest of the junk is in the earth. And one of these days, soon and very soon, he's coming back and he's going to straighten out all this deal. And there ain't going to be no more crying, no more pain, no more dying, no more, no more. If he liked it, if it was his will, we'd have it forever. <laughs> right? It's not his, it wasn't his will. It's not his will. And I said, but sister, I quoted to her Joel 3.10. I said, you know, we've we got to get some other words in our mouth here. I said, say this with me. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. She had, it, it took her a minute to say the first phrase. So weak. Finally she said, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I said, good, that's good, yeah. So we sat there and praised God a little while. I said, let's say it again. So she said it again. I said, let's say it again. So she said it again. I said, let's say it again. So she said it again. And then finally we just sat there and said, I'm strong. I'm strong. Well, see, she ain't been saying that. She's been saying, I'm so weak I can't move my foot off the bed uh, and I, I can't eat. I tell you, The Lord is my witness. Within an hour's time, you could have heard her two blocks away. One of the most marked examples I've seen. I've seen a few other, but, but none much more spectacular. I mean, in an hour's time, she's sitting up on the bed with no help, going, I'm strong in the Lord. And I mean, the anointing came into her, lifted up. Now, she's still skin and bone, but she's, she hadn't done that. I mean, the people in the room were just shocked. They're like, whoo. <laughs> well, can God quicken a body? Yeah. I'm telling you, she was amazingly better in an hour's time but I knew this is not it this is not the end of it I sat down beside her I said now sister I said it's obvious God has quickened you strength is in your body she said "Mm, I haven't felt this good in months I said this is not the end now 
This is what you do every day. I said, never again. By this time she's seeing it. I said, do not say again out of your mouth, I have no appetite. Do not say again. When I eat, it just comes right back up. I can't keep anything. To... I said, don't say it again. Is that what you want? No. I said, then don't say it. Here's what you say. You say, I have a voracious appetite. And when I eat, it stays down. I said, let's go over it real slow. I said, what are you going to say? She said, I'm going to say that when I have a voracious appetite and when I eat, it stays down. And I looked at her. I said, now, sister, look at here. I don't care if you eat something and it bounces off the bottom of your stomach and it comes right back up and you throw up for five minutes. I said, when you get through throwing up, you wipe your mouth off and you stand up and you say, when I eat, it stays down. I said, have you got me? Now see, this is where people lose it. No, because they'll say, yeah, well, when I eat, it stays down. And then they throw up and then they cry and go, what's wrong? I'm a, I said it, I said it. Yeah, but you don't believe it. You got to believe it when it looks like it's not true. Amen. And you got to believe you're going to be wealthy when it looks like you are as broke as can be. I was in the States about three months later. Somebody came by and they said, Brother Keith, you, you were in Central America. I said, yeah. They said, you went by and saw Sister So-and-so. I said, yeah, yeah. They said, uh, she's put on 30 pounds. <laughs> said, she's got a good appetite. <laughs> I said, man, she's just going everywhere and, and she's healed. Well, you'd have to be healed be like that and come back 30 pounds. Got to be healed. Anybody know that? Do you understand why I told all that? With your finances. Right? I don't care how broke you are in the natural. I don't care how far behind you are. You cannot let your mouth talk brokenness. You cannot let your mouth talk debt and behind. And I just don't know. I mean... You know, the world is full of this. You go into places, well, where does the money go? I just don't know. Boy, this seems like it just flies. I mean, you get paid, next day it's gone. Yeah, ha, ha, ha. You can't talk that way if you want this. What we've been talking about here, you can't talk that way. I'm going to go over this real slow now. I said, you can't talk that way if you want the blessing of the Lord on your life. Now, I don't mean you try to straighten everybody out. I didn't say that. You just smile, but don't agree. And don't join in. Amen. And if you have to, wait till you get back in your car and you say, I don't believe that. This is what's happening to me. Amen. It's getting better and better with me. I'm paying everything I owe off. Amen. It's coming in. Good measure. Press down. Shaking. God's dealing with people today. To do things for me, because I'm a giver. If you talk like that morning, noon, and night, you'll have the law, the divine law of faith operating for you. Can you say amen? Amen. Now here's the second part of this. Keep reading. Verse 24. Mark 11, 23 said, say whatever you say, whatever you say. And don't doubt but believe you'll have what you say. Verse 24 is the other side of faith here. 
Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Faith says, and faith receives. Faith is a receiver. Amen? Not a waiter and seer. Did you get that? Yes. Not a waiter and see. Well, we'll just pray and hope and pray and just wait and see. You're in no faith at all. Are you with me? Yes. That is no faith at all. I mean, what if you do that with your salvation? Well, we'll just wait and see when I get to heaven. See if I'm going to be saved or not. Well, you won't be. Someone said, ain't that the way it is? You just try to be a good person and, and you meet old St. Peter at the gate and they'll have probably a balance up there, you know, the way your good works. And if you did a good enough good works, he'll say, well, good news, buddy. You, you tip the scale. Come on in. No, there ain't going to be no scale at the door. Jesus has paid the full price. Amen. Amen. No amount of good works will ever save a human being. But how are we saved? We're saved by faith in the finished work of the Lord. That means you receive what he's done for you. You confess him as Lord and you believe you are saved because of what he's done. We're not waiting to see if we're going to be saved. How many in here believe that you are saved because of what Jesus has done for you and you've received it? Amen. Faith is a sayer and faith is a receiver. Now go with me, if you would, over to the book of Philippians. Y'all in a big rush tonight or I don't want to keep you too long, but I don't want to short you and we're, and we're finishing up tonight. So we need to, we need to not, not leave you hanging. We're not just talking about nice Ideas only. We're talking about things change your life. We're talking about things that will turn you from a broke person into a rich person. Amen. You know, people really believe that. They'd get really excited. <laughs> Wouldn't they? Philippians 4 and verse 14. He is writing to the saints. The, the, the people at the church of Philippi, and they were partners with him, and they had sent him offerings repeatedly, especially when he really needed them. They had come through. God had used them to send money to him. And verse 14, he says, You have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. Did you know the Bible calls lack affliction? Not blessing. Not a blessing in disguise. <laughs> affliction. Now you Philippians know that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and what? Everybody said out loud, giving Giving. and And. receiving. Receiving. Say it again, giving Giving. and, one more time, giving and. Now, I'm going to say something, then I'll I'll come back to it later. You need to be and work and develop at being as good a receiver as you are a giver. Neither one of them are automatic. They both take faith. And you have to develop in both. 
Say it one more time. Giving Giving. and And. receiving. Faith is a receiver. If you want to be saved, you've got to receive your salvation. You want to be healed, you've got to receive your healing. Amen? You want your bills paid, you've got to receive money to pay your bills. Right? Somebody said, yeah, that's, I'm waiting for it to come in. I want somebody to bring it to me. No, you believe you receive before you see it. Anybody with me on this now? What did Jesus say? What things wherever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and, and then you shall have them. You don't have them before you believe you receive them. Right? You believe you receive them, and then it comes in. Then you see it. That word in Mark eleven twenty four, believe you receive, that word literally means take. Believe that you take it. Not trying to take something from God that he didn't want you to have. Something that's already been provided for you. But you lay hold of it with your faith. Faith is a receiver. Keep reading. He said concerning giving and receiving. Verse 16. For even in Thessalonica you sent once and again unto my necessity. Not because I desire a gift. But I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Do you have an account? Is everybody awake? Hmm? I need you to stay hooked with me for a few minutes here. I, I know it's, you know, already a little time, but it ain't late. You used to lay out and party on Friday night. I mean, are you kidding me? Nine o'clock wouldn't mean nothing to you. Right? And now that you're a Christian, you know? <laughs> I'm, I, I don't want to keep you any longer than, than we ought to, but at the same time, there's no need in doing this unless we do it right. Right? I mean, if, we, if we're just going to rush through it and not play with it, we might as well just close right now and just do a better job at another time. But I think we ought to do this. Amen? And fin- this is the way I think we ought to finish it up. So we've got to stay hooked. So look over at your neighbor. If you need to, punch him. Say, hey, wake up. Wake up. Don't miss this. You, you need this. Right? <laughs> it won't take long. But we need to do it. I ask you a question. Do you have an account? Look at it. He said, not just that I desire a gift, but in your giving, I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Is he talking about an account at the first bank of Philippi? Where is this account he's talking about? An account in heaven? A heavenly account? Whose heavenly account? Do you have a heavenly account? We need to think about this. I said we need to think about this. Go with me back to Matthew. The sixth chapter. While you're turning back there, go heavenly account. Account in heaven. You believe the scripture now. Is there an account in heaven with your name on it? 
See, he was very specific. He didn't just say the heavenly account. He said your account. And he said, I, he said I'm, I'm paraphrasing now, but I'm thrilled about this because you sent to me repeatedly, not just because I wanted something from you, but I'm excited about the fruit that is accruing and abounding for your account. Hmm. Let's verify this with other scripture. Matthew 6 chapter. Matthew 6 verse 19. Matthew 6.19 says, Lay not up for who? For yourselves. Treasures on the earth. Where moth and rust doth corrupt. And where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for who? For yourselves. Treasures where? In In heaven. Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What if you pump all your money and all your time into the stock market? That's where your heart will be. Is that right? Pump all your money and all your time into your business. And your heart will be in your business. Is that right? Now let me qualify this. Is it always, would it always be wrong to save? No. No. I mean, the Lord moved through Joseph for a whole nation that for seven years they were to save 20% of everything that came in. The Lord told them to do that, didn't he? And it saved them in the years to come. But... You're not to look to your savings and your investments as your source. As what's going to keep you safe. Because down here, nothing is truly safe. Somebody said, well, yeah, but that's a sure thing. There's no way you could lose it in there. Famous last words of many, many. Don't, don't even tell me that. There's been things that were established for a hundred years. And nobody thought and they went belly up. People lost everything they had in it. Doesn't mean that it's wrong, though, to save. You need to be led by the Lord. There will be times when he'll deal with you. No, sow all of that. And there will be other times he'll deal with you. No, put part of that up. Put that in a savings account. Invest that over here. We said, the Lord? Yeah, the Lord. If you listen to him, he will lead you with natural investments. Oh, but don't put all your heart in the natural side of it. There is another place where you cannot lose it. I said, there's a place where you cannot lose it. It, Thieves can't touch it. It it can't be affected by rising and falling economies. It'll be worth more every time after you put it in there than the time when you did. Somebody said, well, which one do I do? You do both. I said, you do both. You invest, the best investment there will ever be is in the kingdom of God. Because it benefits you here and now and eternally. But then you also need to save, make investments naturally. You need to do both. He said, lay up for yourselves. For who? So who's this for? It's for you. You sowed it. You invested it. You deposited it. And it's for you. That's not, that's not bad. Don't, don't feel bad about that. Amen. 
Turn on over to uh, Mark the 10th chapter. I'm going somewhere now. Are you with me? Trying to set you up in a good way. Mark 10. This is the story of the rich young ruler that came and asked Jesus what good thing he could do to inherit eternal life. And the Lord asked him about keeping the commandments. He said, I've done that all my life. Verse 21, Mark 10, 21, Jesus looked at him and loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way and sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you'll never have anything again. Huh? Some people read that. Did Jesus ask him to take a vow of poverty? That is nowhere in this passage. Hmm? Did he tell him he never wanted him to have anything again? Rest of his life? No. No. It's not here. How about all the other scriptures that say when you sow, you're going to reap? What if he had done this? And he had sowed and given all of this money where the Lord told him, do you not think he would have got a return? Do you not think planting all that he'd have had a harvest? Well, sure he would. So why did the Lord tell? Some people say, well, the Lord tells everybody to do that. No, he does not. No. How about Zacharias? Remember him? He stood up and said, I'm going to give half of what I have to the poor. Did the Lord look at him and say, no, half ain't enough. Got to give all. No, no. He said, glory to God. Salvation has come to this house today. Amen. This tax collector's got right with God. Amen. No, but you see what the problem is because this man couldn't do it. Why? Because the Lord put the finger on the problem. His faith was in his money. And the Lord, it wasn't just about the money. The Lord wanted his faith in him. Can't serve two masters. Right? That's what the problem was. Anything that means more to you than him is a problem. It's an idol. And he wants you to get rid of it and get, get it get out of the way. But notice, he said, do this. And what would happen? 21. You will have treasure in heaven. Is that a fact? Yes. Now here's something else that people mess up on. They, they write an imaginary sentence in here. It's not here. But in their mind it's here. When they read it, this is how they see it. You know, go sell what you have. Give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven where thou canst not touch it till thou diest. <laughs> I know it sounds funny, but don't people believe that? I mean, is that there? Is that in that verse anywhere? No, but people believe that. They believe it just like it's there. Somebody said, Brother Keith, are, are you trying to imply that we could get benefit uh, uh, out of our heavenly account right here and now? No, honey, I'm saying it. It's a fact. <laughs> I, I got serious questions whether we will need any money later on. Hmm? It's like healing. You hear people say, well, you know, God heals some now. And some he heals in death. No, friend, 
dying is not being healed. When you died, you died. You didn't get healed. Well, he healed them in death. No, 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 no. That's just men's reasoning, trying to explain things they don't understand. Well, some are healed now and some will be healed later. No, if you're not healed now, you will never need it. If you want to enjoy healing, you best get it now. (laughs) Because later on, is it true that the Lord said that when he returns, our bodies are going to be changed? This mortal is going to put on immortality. This corruptible is going to put on incorruptible. What does it mean? Incorruptible can't be corrupted. Mortal can't die. Can't be sick. Never need to be healed. So you better get your healing now. Enjoy all the healing you can get now. Because it's the only time you're ever going to need it. Well, what about money? I don't know we're going to need money in heaven. Right? So you better get your money now. (laughs) I said, you better get your money now. Lay hold of it now where you can do good things with it and be blessed and have your needs met. Go to 1 Timothy. I'm commencing to get ready to start to close. 1 Timothy. Everybody say heavenly account. My heavenly account. Treasure laid up. For me, First Timothy, the fourth chapter. First Timothy and chapter four. He said in verse eight, First Timothy four eight, bodily exercise profits nothing. <laughs> Some folk think that read that way. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> it profits what? But you got to see what he's comparing it to. Let's just stop right here. Bodily exercise is profitable. The Bible said so. It profits. It profits little in comparison to something else. He said, but godliness, exercising yourself in the things of God, is profitable unto all things, having promise, read it now, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Exercising yourself in the things of God benefits you when? Now and later. Here and there. I quit reading too early. Go back to Mark 10 real quickly. I should have read this to you and I didn't. Hold your place there in 1 Timothy, please. Go back to Mark 10. I didn't finish. You remember he told him that. Sell what you have. Give to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven. Come follow me. He didn't do it. Boy, he he missed it, didn't he? The opportunity to be a part of Jesus' travel team, his staff, a share with what was going to happen, what's going to happen in the next life? A harvest off of all that seed sown? Why didn't he do it? Lack of faith. Hmm? Lack of faith. Lack of commitment to God. Lack of love for God. It's happened since then. But you know, he went away sad. And in verse uh, 28, Peter piped up. And he said, well, how about us? 
we left everything. And we did follow you. In Matthew, it said, he said, uh, what shall we have? <laughs> Basically, Peter said, what are we going to get? <laughs> he walked. He didn't do it. We did. We're here. We left our businesses. <laughs> we, left, we walked away. And here we've been with you day and night. What are we going to get? Jesus answered him. What did he say? Jesus said, now, Peter, bless your heart. You've done good. But there is no earthly reward. Hmm? The tre- now, now, the reason I'm reading this is because of what he told the rich young ruler. He told him he would have treasure in heaven. Hmm? Well, that's what they did is leave everything. Did they have treasure in heaven? But does, does it benefit now? Yes. Keep reading. Exactly the same situation. They did give. They did leave. They did have treasure in heaven. And Jesus said, you listen to me. There's not a one of you that has left a house or a brother or a sister or a father or a mother or a wife or children or lands for my sake in the gospels. He will receive a hundredfold. Can you read? Can you read? Can you read? Now in this right now. In this life, oh, somebody got it. (laughs) Oh, glory to God. Right now, oh, somebody say now. Tell me who's talking here. This is not some wild-eyed preacher. Now, this is Jesus that said now in this time, oh, glory to God. A hundredfold he'll receive. Somebody shout, houses. Would it be wrong for a child of God to have five houses? No. House where they live, a Florida house, Amen. beach house, Amen. mountain house, Amen. hunting house. <laughs> People say, well, you will not have it. It will not bother you, okay? If you want to fuss and grumble. These signs follow them that believe and them that obey like these guys that will obey the Lord, give anything he says give, leave anything he says leave, go anywhere. We talked about that last night. Is there a reward for that? When does it affect you? Keep reading. Keep reading. He will receive a hundredfold. Now in this time, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, lands with persecution. Not everybody's going to be happy about your Florida house and your, your mountain house. <laughs> and in the world to come, eternal life. Boy, you can't beat that deal with a stick. I'm telling you, you get blessed now. You get blessed later. <laughs> God is so good. First Timothy 4. Get back there now. It will mean more to you now when you read it like that. First Timothy 4. He said, Godliness... And that, that has to do with all the things of living a godly life. Does, does living a godly life including being a giver? Yes. Yeah. 
godliness, living a godly life, it is profitable unto what? All things having promise of the life that now is, right now, and of that which is to come. When does your heavenly account benefit you? You're giving. You're sowing to the things of God, to the people of God, to the poor, to the mission work. Are you making deposits in your heavenly account? When can you benefit from all those deposits? Both now and here and there and later. Both. Somebody say both. I read you two New Testament scriptures. Right? Both. Both. Now go over to the sixth chapter. 1 Timothy 6, 12. I don't know about you, I'm having fun. There's going to always be somebody that, somebody that don't like this, okay? Just get used to it. Always going to be somebody that's going to find fault and say, well, they just preach on that. They're just trying to get your money. The offering was taken up a long time ago. Well, I'm not planning on taking up any offerings. We had not asked anybody for a penny. This is for you, Right? Well, that's all past. Now, they've been, they said that about healing. For hundreds of years, certain churches said it about being born again. Oh, that ain't for us. That was off. You can believe what you want to. Those are doubters. We are believers. Amen. The Bible says it. We believe it. I said, y'all take that literally. What other way is it? I believe that the Lord said it. He meant what he said. He wasn't fooling. He wasn't playing. If he said he would do it, I believe he is a God of his word. If he said he'd do it for you, he will do it for you. That's what I'm counting on to be saved, as well as every other part of our life. 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith. You, You can't be a wimp and succeed in the things of God. You can't sit by and whine and say kumbaya. Lord, if you got time, could you throw me a crumb? No, you got to be like the woman with the issue of blood and press through the crowd. Amen. And what you got to be like the man that tore off the rooftop. Amen. To get to the prayer. You got to have some aggressiveness. Fight the good fight of faith. I ministered in the healing school for some 16 years, day in and day out. I saw a lot of people come through. I saw a lot of people die. But I saw a lot of people live miraculously. And every one of them that should have been dead 10 years ago, every one of them that are alive are fighters. Every one of them. I remember one lady, bless her heart, she was just so weak, but she looked at me and she said, I'm not dying with this stinking disease. I'm not dying with this. God is bringing me off of here. Fighters. I said, fighters, fight the good fight of faith. You got to be that way about being broke and poor. I don't care if your family is poor for as long as there's history on them. I don't care. You got to say, it ends with me. Hmm? I am coming up. God is able to bless me and I will be blessed financially and materially. I will have the means to bless others. I will have the ability to support the work of God. I will. Will have the ability to do things for my kids and my grandkids. I will. 
Amen. Amen. But you can't be wimpy about it. You have to say it in your heart that no matter what it looks like, month after month, year after year, you keep sowing. You keep believing. You keep confessing. You keep decreeing. Amen. You stay after it. These things don't always happen in a year. Fight the good fight. What's the next phrase? Fight the good fight of faith. What? Tell me now. What? Faith is a receiver. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto you are called and have professed a good profession before many witnesses. Faith lays hold of the blessing and receives it to itself. Go down to verse 17. Charge them that are rich in this world to get rid of all those riches. Ain't there? To do what? Don't be high-minded. Now, you should say, yeah, I've got to watch that. Yeah, i got to watch that. I've got to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to identify with wealth, not poverty. When we got through reading this and said, charge them that are rich, you should go, I've got to pay attention to this. He's talking about me. If you didn't think that way, you got a lot of mind renewal. Because the Bible said to him, you know, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that you through his poverty might be made rich. It's an accomplished, finished work in Christ. And you need to take the name for yourself. Even no matter what it looks like in your pocketbook, you say, I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. And you read this and he says, charge them rich not to be high minded. You go, yeah, I got to watch that. Watch that, not get puffed up being rich and all. (laughs) And don't trust in uncertain riches. That's what that rich young ruler did. Put his faith in his money and his stuff. Don't do that. I don't care how many millions or billions you have. It ain't God. It could be gone next month. You know what I'm saying? But God will always be there. And if you know where you got it to start from, you can get it again. But trust in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. God wants you to enjoy some stuff. He's not opposed to you enjoying a nice suit of clothes or a nice ring. Or He wants you to enjoy stuff. Enjoy life. That they do good. That they be rich in good works. Ready to distribute. Willing to communicate. Laying up. Laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Now, I've already read other scriptures to you. What does this apply to? It applies to both. All of these apply to both. When do we enjoy eternal life? Both now and later. Eternal life is not just living forever. It's the life of God inside your spirit. That happened when you're born again. You have that right now. And the life of God is affected, manifested in other areas. Now let me be real practical in closing about how you do this. It takes faith to give. It takes faith to sow. And it takes faith to wait while that seed is bringing forth a harvest. Oh, you got, you got to look at another scripture. I'm sorry. Mark 4. Go back to Mark. It takes faith to wait 
while the uh, seed produces its results. But here's the thing people have not seen. It also takes faith to reap. I said it takes faith. To, does it take faith to receive your healing? Yes. Why wouldn't we think it takes, does it take faith to receive the Holy Spirit? Yes. Faith to receive the new birth? Yes. Faith to receive direction? Faith, yeah. Why would we think it's different in the area of finances? Does it take faith to receive a harvest? Yes, yes it does. Mark chapter 4. And this, this is an answer as to why many have not received much of a harvest. Mark chapter 4. Mark 4, Jesus is teaching about sowing and reaping all through this whole chapter here. And down in verse 26, he says it like this. So is the kingdom of God. The whole kingdom operates like this. As if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep, this is Mark 4.27, should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, he knows not how. For the earth brings forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, when it's ripe and ready, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest is come. Does the kingdom of God work like this? Yes. Jesus Jesus said so. Yes. All right, let's go through this. He uses the natural principles of natural sowing and reaping to teach us about how things work in the kingdom of God. Who sows the seed? Does God sow the seed? Can we wait on him to sow for us? No. no? Doesn't I mean the farmer has to sow the seed in the natural? We have to sow the seed in the spiritual. And that's what it says. As if a man should cast seed into the ground. Who put the seed in the ground? The man did. And should sleep and rise night and day and the seed springs and grows up. He knows not. You don't have to know how it works. Just get some seed in the ground. For the earth brings forth fruit of herself. First the blade, then the ear. After that the full corn in the ear. Do you have to make the seed produce? No, you don't. The ground, God has designed the ground to do that. You don't have to make it grow. You don't have to make it multiply. God's got that covered. Amen. He causes the ground you sow it in to produce that multiplication. Keep reading. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately God puts in the sickle. Huh? Does God get the harvest in? Does he get the crop in? The man put the seed in the ground. Ground produced the multiplication. Now who gets it in? In the natural, who gets it in? You can plant a thousand acres of soybeans. And you don't have to make it grow. God, through the ground, the way he's made the seed in the ground, he will cause it to bring forth and multiply. He'll shine on it with the sun. He'll rain it with the rain. And you can have you a bumper crop on a thousand acres. But when it's harvest time, will those soybeans march out of the field and come into your silo by themselves? Why do we think our harvests then are automatic? I have to let you think about that just a minute. Is reaping automatic? Is sowing automatic? Why do we think reaping is automatic? 
Now, don't, don't feel bad. You might say, well, Brother Keith, you mean I'm responsible for that too? <laughs> yeah, but it's good news because it'll explain why some things haven't been happening. Now, I didn't, I didn't always know this. I was coming back from a meeting on a plane one night years ago. I was riding commercial, and I was just sitting there looking out the window. It was late. And the Lord began to deal with me about sowing and reaping and about, about some of these passages. And he asked me this question. He said, Keith, is reaping automatic? I thought, hmm? I probably... Uh, he said, uh, he brought these things to my remembrance. He's sowing and reaping. He said, is it in the natural? I said, no, it's not in the natural. Uh-uh. It takes as much money and work and effort to get a crop in, right? As about any other phase of the crop. The farmers would love it if the cotton would jump out of those bowls by themselves. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, it would be wonderful if the corn had just come into the barn. Or if God would get it in for us. But even if God rains manna down out of the sky, they still had to go out and pick it up. So I'm sitting there thinking about it. He said, Keith, I don't mean I heard an audible voice now, but inside. he said, how much did you sow above your tithe last year? Well, I knew, I didn't know to the dime, but but at first of the year, we Phyllis and I sat down and some things we wanted to give, we were believing to do, and the Lord had helped us. We were able to give that before that year was up. So I knew approximately, and I said, well, it was approximately this. He knows, but he's trying to get me to see something. He said, do you believe it multiplies when you sow it? Yes, sir. He said, what would even a tenfold harvest a 30-fold, much less a 100-fold. What would a 30-fold harvest off that be? I whipped out my little calculator out of my briefcase. And I thought, Boy, that's a big figure. I mean, when you start multiplying things times 10 and 20 and 30, much less 50 or 100, it gets big quick. He said, are you believing for that to come in? Are you expecting that to come in? I said, "Uh uh-uh. No. I'd have been amazed if 2% of that had come in. I mean, he said, Keith, what would you think about this? He said, a man plants 500 acres. I rain on it. Sun shines on it. I make the earth produce and I give him a bumper crop. I give him a 50-fold harvest. You know, it's not uncommon for a wheat crop to be 50-fold. Corn crop can be 300-fold. And uh, he said, what do you think about, man, he's that, that out there in the field waving. I mean, it's a bumper crop. He goes out there and he gets in 25 acres and brings it back into the barn and quits. And leaves 475 acres of fine crop out there to rot. So what would you think about that? I said, that's dumb. That's worse than that. It's worse than dumb. He said, that's what you've done. (laughs) And boy, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, ooh, oh man. 
Is it true when you give to the gospel? Now, this is above your tithe. Now, you're not sowing till you get above the tithe, right? Above the tithe, when you're sowing or when you're giving to the poor, anything you're giving as the Lord leads you, are you making deposits in your heavenly account? Does it multiply in there? That's weak. I said, does it Do you believe? I mean, you know, God's system is not behind the world system, is it? I mean, you can get some interest on depositing stuff down here. Does it multiply? Yes. Does it diminish with the passage of time? No. Have you sown over the years? Yes. Do you have an account? Yes. Wonder how much is in there. Wonder how much is in your account. I assure you. People all over this place tonight sitting looking at me. If you knew how much was in there, you'd fall right off your chair and faint. Whose is it? We've read it. Your account for you, for yourselves. When does it benefit you? Only later? No, we've read it right here. Now, when I'm kicking myself about him talking to me about that particular thing, he said, Keith, in the natural crops rot. In my kingdom, it's all still here. (laughs) It's here. It's all right here. It's all still here. But here's the thing. You sow according to your faith. How do you reap? According to your faith. That's how you reap. Can you see why so many folk haven't been reaping? They didn't know they're supposed to be believing to reap. Years ago, I served under Dr. Kenneth Hagin for 20 years. Years ago, in the first part of his ministry, he was struggling, and he said the Lord taught him. He, He fasted and prayed for days. And got a hold of some things the Lord showed him why his finances were the way. And let me share with you what he, some of you may have already heard it, but let me tell you what he told him. It goes right along with this. He said uh, he had struggled. They weren't living decently. The kids weren't clothed properly. They weren't eating like they were just struggling year after year after year. And finally, he just got desperate almost. He went to the Lord, and he's fasting, he's praying. And he said, the Lord said to him, he said, well, one reason why... You're not prospering is because you don't qualify. I said, huh? Because <laughs> he'd been quoting Isaiah 119, 118 and 19 to him. If you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. He said, I have been obedient. I left my last church like you told me to. I've been out here on the road. I've been doing. He said, yeah, but you're not willing. <laughs> he said, uh-huh. And he said right on the inside of him, he got a hold of himself. He made the adjustment. He said, I am now. <laughs> the devil knows it, and I know it, and you know it. Lord, I am now. Amen. He said, yeah, but he said, uh, another thing is, you don't practice what you preach. <laughs> he said, Lord, you feel like you hit me a low blow. What do you mean? He said, well, you preach faith, but you don't practice it. He said, Lord... I've never failed to receive a healing in my lifetime. Anytime one of my little kids got sick, I'd pray and believe. He said, yes, yes, in healing you walk by faith. But not here. 
He said, he said, now the Lord said, this, not an audible voice, but very distinctly. He said, don't pray about money like you've prayed about it before. Because see, he's just begging. Please, God, give us the money, please. He said, don't pray about it like you've done in the past. The money you need is down here in this world system. You're a tither. You're a giver. When you need money, claim it out of this world system. Now, what are we doing now? What are we doing here now? Faith to receive. Faith to lay hold of. You're taking the sickle now. Right? You're going to get in here and, and cut you a swath out. Right? He said, claim what you, if it's $500, if it's $100, $5,000, whatever it is, claim out of this world system. Say, Satan, take your hand off of my money. I claim that money out of this world system. And said he, he said, then say, go, ministering spirits, and cause the money to come in. And expect it to come in. What is that? That's faith. Faith to what? Faith to receive. Faith to lay hold. Faith to reap. And how, you, how much are you going to reap? going to be according to your faith. I remember one day I began to get a hold of this and so I was in the floor all excited one day and I said, Lord, how much should I believe for? Huh? How much? How much should I believe for? He said, son, I, again, I don't mean I heard a voice now, but inside, he said, son, I could make you a multi-billionaire before the sun sets today. Amen. Could he? Yes. He said, it's not up to me. What can you believe? Not up to, is it true it's not up to what he can do? How many times did he tell people in the Bible, as you've believed? Yes. According to your faith. Yes. According as you believed. Is it still that way today? Yes. So it's, it's, not, it's not up to just what he can do. What can you believe? That's why we talked about that earlier. Why didn't we just say, we claim all of this bill, money to be building, money to be paid for the building? <laughs> Help me, Lord. Uh, <laughs> This week, why didn't we do that? Well, that, that wasn't where my faith is. I wish it was. And I wish I could bench press 500 pounds tonight. <laughs> but I ain't there. Right? I could get to a higher place if I feed my faith and exercise. And we're doing it. We're, this is good. God is happy with us. I'm telling you. He's happy with us. We're doing good for where we are. We ain't staying here, though. <laughs> This is going to look like small stuff later on. It looks pretty big right now, but later on, it ain't going to look so big. Oh, glory to God. What would you think about somebody? Hard worker. Made good, you know, made money, started at the bottom in, in a company and just worked hard. I mean, and, and not, not thrifty, not wasteful. Every time they get their check, they just take out the bare minimum they needed to live on and deposit the rest in the bank. They did it week after week after week after month after year. They get promoted up through the ranks and here 20 years later, man, they're, they're head over the company and still living in a shack. Driving a junker, wearing rags, eating the cheapest food around, sitting out on their porch one day, crying. You come by and say, what's wrong, buddy? I'm so sick of living in this old shack. I wish I had me a better house. I'm so sick of driving that car. It's so wore out. You can't hardly go from 
point A to B. I, I'm just saying, you say, well, man, I thought you been, I thought you had a good job. I do. I thought you made good money. I make good money. What'd you do? You just blow it off? Oh, no, no, no. Every week, every week I go by there and I put money in my account every week. Well, why don't you, uh, you know, why don't you draw some out and buy you a new house? Oh, no, I don't believe in drawing out. <laughs> you know, there are myriads of Christians that believe what I just told. Oh, I don't, I don't believe in that drawing out stuff. That's, that's the, wow, them faith bunch. That's what they talk about. That's extreme. That's hyper faith that's yeah. <laughs> no 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 I don't believe in I don't believe in making withdrawals I, I believe in putting in but I don't believe in drawing out the bank knows I have needs Well, I got news for you, brother. <laughs> if you ever going to enjoy any of that, you better loosen up that wrist. Right? And you better learn how to write a check. You better learn how to make a withdrawal. Everybody say withdrawal. God has told us. This is not my words. It's not some preacher's words. The Lord has used this language in his in, in the word, in the scriptures, that these things operate like natural sowing and reaping, and he's even compared it to a natural banking situation of accounts. He's used the words, accounts, right? And when you give and when you sow, you are making deposits. And when you've sown for years and you've made deposits for years, it is multiplying. Amen? And it is available to you both here and now, and there's reward for then and there later. But friend, when you need something, you've got to learn like what, what, what we mentioned, Brother Hagin, the Lord told him, claim what you need out of this world system. Amen? Amen? Lay hold of it. Believe that you receive it and expect it to come in. Don't just say something off the top of your head. Don't say something bigger than where your faith is. Use your faith. To lay hold of it. Now the key is obey. If you always obey when he says so. Then you'll always be set up when it's time to reap. We told you about how was it 10 years ago. That we were in a meeting. And the Lord dealt with us so tonight. $25,000 and claim your building. 10 years ago. He said. Well he specific. He said claim a hundredfold on this 25000 and claim your building. We'd been looking for a building for years. Of course, didn't know he's looking in the wrong state. <laughs> and is it any coincidence that ten years later we're believing to harvest in a hundredfold of twenty-five? We're exactly two and a half. It is no coincidence, and it is coming in. It's harvest time. It's coming in. It's coming in. It's coming in. We got the sickle out, brother. We're a reaping. We're getting it in. We got the combine cranked up. Oh, hallelujah. Stand on your feet. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord.
Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. You got to learn how to live this way. Amen. Amen. Work on becoming a good sower, a good giver. Amen. It takes faith to give, doesn't it? Especially when you get to some of the bigger amounts. and It takes faith to turn it loose. It takes faith to do it, to believe I'm not just losing that. It's going to come back to me. Oh, but work on it that you get to be as good at reaping, as good a receiver, as good a reaper as you are at sowing. Amen. Just make it when you write your bills, when the bills come in. And I mean, Phyllis and I, we live like this. This, this is the way, just now, like breathing to us nowadays. And we've done it for years. Something come up, here comes a need, we'll be riding in the car. We just reach over and grab hands and say, in Jesus' name, we claim $3,000 or $300 or $300,000. We claim it out of this world system and we claim it out of our heavenly accounts Satan, take your hands off our money. Ministering spirits, go. Cause that money to come into us quickly. We believe we receive it in Jesus' name. And from that moment on, we're expecting. I said, we're expecting. We're expecting it to come in. Amen. And it has. I mean, perfect example. This hundred thousand, we claimed it. We released our faith for it. What was it? Five years ago. You don't always see it by the end of the week, do you? Especially when you claim, I mean, claim big as you want to, but be prepared to stand. Sometimes when you claim big, you have to stand long. Not always, but sometimes you have to. But we just kept saying it, kept saying it, kept saying it, kept saying it. It's coming. Here it is. It's coming. It's coming. And sure enough, here it is. Already colored in at the back. Glory to God. Close your eyes. Please close your eyes. Say it out loud. Father God. Thank you. You are my source. You are my supply. I believe what you say. I believe I have an account in heavenly places. It's mine. And all I have sown over the years is safe. In that account, account. not just safe, safe. but multiplied, multiplied. tenfold, thirtyfold, fiftyfold, sixtyfold, a hundredfold, more, greatly multiplied. I'm convinced there's more in that account than I could ever use. Teach me how to. Make withdrawals. withdrawals. Teach me me. how to reap. How to to lay hold. How to receive. receive. In Jesus' name. name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now we're going to act further. I want you to close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes and and just think. Now now this is not the end. This is not the only time. This is how you're to live all the time. But if there's some money that you're, yeah, hallelujah, so that you're needing right now, is there any money in your account? Yeah. How do you get that? Lay hold of it in faith. 
Now, I don't know what you need right now, and if you're not sure, then you don't have to say anything. But if you know there's something that you need right now, then we're going to release faith. We're going to lay hold of it. We're going to claim it. And I want you to say that amount when I lead you in this prayer, and in the, in this not, not just prayer, this is a confession, a release of faith. When we do this, I want you under your breath to say the exact amount. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you focused? Are you ready? All right. All right. Everybody said out loud. In Jesus' name. I'm a giver. I've sown. I've sown. And abundance is in my account. In Jesus' name. I claim. Whatever under your breath. X amount of money. I claim that. Hmm? Are you set on what you're doing now? I claim it. Out of this world system, out of my heavenly account, Satan, take your hands off that money. I claim it in Jesus' name. Ministering spirits, go, work, cause that money to come in, into my hands, right now, I believe I receive, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.